The Read More, Read Well podcast, your help and encouragement on your reading journey. Welcome to the Read More, Read Well podcast. I'm joined today by husband and wife team, Eric and Elizabeth, and we're talking about how literature is a way to connect with your family. Today, we're going to be talking about using books to connect with your spouse. And to start us off, we're all going to share a quote from something we're reading right now. Eric, can you go first? So I, I just finished reading, Link, well, rereading Lincoln in the Bardo by George Saunders. And then I'm reading right now Peace Like a River by Leif Anger, um, which I haven't read before. They're both very much like family books. So it was interesting that they, they coincided with this conversation because um, Lincoln in the Bardo is, is kind of centered on this, this historical fact that after Lincoln's son Willie died, Lincoln went into the graveyard and, and took him out of his tomb and held on to his his body. Um, and the, the first time I read this was when it came out in like 2017 or something. And so I didn't have any kids at the time. And this, the book was definitely much more affecting. Um, I, I experienced it a lot differently this time being a father. Mm. So that was, that was interesting to, to kind of revisit because I, I don't actually revisit books very often because I'm always have more on my on myself to get to. But my quote that I'll share is from the beginning of, <laughs> all of that was not the quote. The quote that I'll share is from the beginning of Peace Like a River. And it's, it's interesting. Um, there's, I mean, I'm not very far in, so I can't really give any spoilers. But there's a, the, the father um, is basically presented as a, as a just everyday ordinary miracle worker. That he is just like a really good dad. So I guess this would be a, a good book to, to learn from. And also just like, so in, in, communion with God that, that he can work just everyday miracles. Although the, the one that starts the book is that the narrator, when he was born, was had swampy lungs and is almost, he's going to die. And the doctor says, basically, um, he, his lungs can't take in any air. Um, we have to just trust it to God. And there's nothing that we can do. And then the, the narrator's dad punches the doctor. And then here's the quote. As mother cried out, Dad turned back to me, a clay child, wrapped in a canvas coat, and said in a normal voice, Reuben Land, in the name of the living God, I am telling you to breathe. And so then after that, he breathes, and he, then that's like, you know, just the birth. And then the story takes place when the narrator is 12 or so. So that's my quote, and the, the book that I'm in the process of reading. How about you, Elizabeth? Yeah, so I'm reading He Leadeth Me by um, Walter Sizek. I don't really know how to say his last name, um, but he is a Jesuit priest. Um, he's actually a servant of God right now. Um, his case for canonization is up. Um, but he was captured by the Russian army in World War II um, and then sent to the Soviet Gulag. Um, and so this is this is my Lenten read. Um, it is kind of a book filled with um, sorrow and pain and um, just a lot of a lot of all of the things that he went through because he was in the Soviet Gulag for twenty some years. It is much easier to see the redemptive role of pain and suffering in God's plan if you are not actually undergoing pain and suffering. It was only by struggling with such feelings, however, that growth occurred. I mean, obviously, as you read it, you're like, oh yeah, that that's true. Um, but I think it says something too about literature because we can. Um, we can see pain and suffering in literature and characters played out 
and we can learn something from it. I mean, it's not as effective as your own pain and suffering and learning, um, but you can you can learn things from characters and situations, um, which is why literature, I think, is so important to read and discuss. How have the two of you found that literature can be a means to connect with one another? So the funny thing is that um, we don't, I mean, we, we like some of the same kind of books, but some books we do not like. <laughs> and I will, I will throw myself under the bus here. Um, he is way more refined in his taste, um, in particular, than I am. Um, so he loves Flannery O'Connor. He loves really, um, I don't know, he's just very picky about what he, what book he reads. And if he's actually going to commit to reading a book, it has to be really good um so we don't often read the same kind of books i think for the most part we like the classics right mm -hmm. like we yeah. both really enjoy lee miz i got him to read yeah. east of eden yeah right when we first started dating yeah. uh, and, and the brothers caramazzo and told brothers caramazzo so you know both i have some good, good recommendations taste. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> i would love to just grow up with jane austen all the time and he's like flannery o'connor um, I like Pride and Prejudice, mm. and actually Emma. I really enjoyed Emma. That's true. <laughs> That's true. So we do, I mean, we don't, he reads so much. He reads way more than I do. Um, I probably read one to two books a month, whereas he reads, like, I don't even know, an insane amount. So we don't always read the same books together, but... Um, oh, yeah, I tried to get her to read Walker Percy, and she wouldn't do it. No. We, made, we even made, like, an agreement that she would read... The movie goer, and I would read Withering Heights, and I held my end of the bargain, and <laughs> and it was worth it. We talked about we talked about Heathcliff, and and we're gonna name our child his, after. <laughs> we talked about how terrible he is, and it was it was good to talk about. Yeah. But she still didn't follow through with I the didn't. movie goer. I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, something something I've wondered about is um, even when you're not reading the same book, but you're reading next to each other. To me, it seems like there's a different connection versus doing something else next to each other like watching tv or you know working out in the yard i don't know why that is but yeah i don't know either i don't know if it's just the experience of leisure together it is nice to like be reading a book and like be able to put it down and just talk about it even if he's not reading it or hasn't read it i do that quite frequently if i'm annoyed or irritated with a book i'll be like you know what <laughs> i put it down and that's kind of his signal mm -hmm. that he needs to listen to me now <laughs> that's true i think i heard quite a bit about the tenant of wildfell hall even though oh, I... yeah even though I hadn't, yes. I haven't read it before. Yeah, I was just reading the submissions for the summer magazine, and there's a few really good ones on the Ten in a Wildfell Hall. And oh, nice! I'm excited to read that. I, I mean, that's a good example of a book where it does make you examine your relationships and what no. would I have done in this situation. Oh my goodness, yes. What does it look like to be a faithful spouse when one person is abusive and there's a child involved? I mean, a lot of big questions. Yeah, and how, how she held on to virtue. Have there been books in particular that come to mind that either because of the character or part of the plot have helped you see something different in your marriage or approach something differently or maybe see yourself in that character in either a favorable or maybe an unfavorable way? I don't know if it's necessarily made me look at our marriage, maybe a little bit, um... But I've always said that Eric is a Darcy, um, and me being a very, very staunch Pride and Prejudice fan. My, you know, ever since I was in high school, I've loved Pride and Prejudice and been 
obsessed with it. Um, so I've always called him a Darcy, which... Oh, that was my end. That's how I won her, was accidentally, by, oh, yeah. by accidentally being Mr. Darcy. <laughs> which, of course, I was too proud or prejudiced. Is he the pride or the prejudiced? Well, that's just it, you know. <laughs> oh, I, I was too proud and prejudiced to know right. that I was. To know that. Um, so that, that is, I always say that he's, he's the Darcy that gives a bad first impression and then you get super annoyed with and you don't want to be friends. <laughs> that was our <laughs> life. <laughs> and then we ended up, that's great. I think, yeah, I think one thing is there's a, like a lot of literature fiction. You don't see a ton of like happy, perfect marriages <laughs> displayed. Like ours. Right? You know, I guess you, you well, at least not some, not things that you like want to emulate, right? Because the thing that makes fiction interesting for the most part is that it's different than, than real life, I guess, or that it's instructive maybe sometimes, or that there's, there's questions to grapple with. But a lot of times it's like situations that you don't want to be in. And you may find yourself in those sometimes. Um, and, but I guess it, you don't see a lot of times people like making good decisions often. Mm-hmm. Um, as I say that, one thing that comes to mind is um, Jessica Houghton Wilson has kind of her like, her, her big project is, is reading for the love of God or, or finding examples of saintliness. So there are, she, I could go to her, her book, which we, we read, um, but I could go to that for examples, I guess. But in a lot of cases, that's not what you see depicted. So I, I think that that's probably part of why I don't have like a lot of responses to that on the top of my head, if that makes sense. One of our themes a few years ago was Year of the Family, and a member wrote in, and she's like, can't you pick some books that have healthy But it's exactly to your point where it's like, well, what would they be? There's there's always some kind of conflict that drives the, the storyline. How would you say that literature has helped the two of you connect as spouses? I think uh, we were talking just last night about how knowing and understanding what kind of books each other likes um, and reading them, not just knowing them. Like when I first read Flannery O'Connor, I was horrified that he loved Mm. Flannery O'Connor. Like I jokingly call Flannery O'Connor his girlfriend because he loves, like he just loves her (laughs) writing so much. Um, I was horrified at how much... Like, it is so grotesque. I mean, even when we read it for Well Read Mom last year, it was just, ooh. Well, that's how I feel, too, when it's either you love her or you hate her. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, warm okay. reaction to Flannery. <laughs> yes. And I, reading her on my own, it just is like, this is terrible. But reading her and then discussing with Eric, who, like, actually has the knowledge to go deeper with it, um, was helpful. But also just understanding that, okay, that's how his mind works and that's how that's how he gets enjoyment from reading is looking into the deeper meanings. Um, I think has helped me understand him more and just un- appreciate him as a person. Or seeing like the kinds of, of stories and, and books that, that Elizabeth enjoys and you see, I guess you do see kind of personality and even kind of approach um, or, or worldview through that. You can see in other cases where what is my spouse's perspective on, on this book and what books they read or, mm-hmm. or avoid or even books that we've both read and their, their take, um, like her take on, on a character. And is that, is that different than, than my perception of the character? Um, and if so, why? Or if, <clears throat> if it's the same, you know, what are we, what are we both seeing there? Did you like what you heard today? 
For more information about Well-Read Mom and joining a group near you, visit our website at wellreadmom.com. Well-Read Mom groups are forming now. We make it easy to grow in friendship by sharing great books and literature.